Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Canberra Football Show, episode 84, reviewing everything round 11. Joining me, as always, is Michael Georgeski. We'll have Jeremy McGarn back on the show for MPLW in the next segment. Michael, how's it going today? And some uh, interesting clashes over the weekend. They had some... Um, that had some uh, changes to the ladder, some exciting stuff for some clubs. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And I think that's a point that we made sort of signing off on the last episode that there was going to be a lot of movement in terms of competition uh, tables uh, from this past weekend. And that's certainly what's happened. Some, you know, big results, uh, some surprises and some great goals in the mix in there as well. So couldn't really ask for a better sort of weekend of football, to be honest. There's always something going on in Canberra football. So without further ado, Matt, we'll get into our first MPL match, which was an absolute cracker. Canberra Croatia 2, Monaro Panthers 1 at Deakin Stadium. Ahmed Shaibu with a double and Minot Smith grabbing the goal for the Panthers. So, like I mentioned, it was a very tight and entertaining clash between these two outfits, Matt. We know the quality that both of these teams possess. So, I mean, going into that game, you really thought that there wouldn't be too much to separate the two, and there really wasn't. That's how exactly how, how it played out. So, you know, Canberra Croatia, they get the perfect start that they want by, well, sorry, through Ahmed Shaibu, um, as he let off an absolute rocket, Matt, that sort of hit the underside of the crossbar, bounced back up and into the back of the net. It was a fantastic strike and one of the uh, definitely one of the goals of the season for sure. He just caught it so sweetly and when you catch it that sweetly, you know, it's going to end up sort of fizzing straight into that top corner and that's exactly what he was able to do by making a good connection on the ball. But Monaro, they didn't go into their shell. They didn't shy away after that opportunity was capitalised from Canberra Croatia to take the lead. So they got themselves level through the talented Minot Smith after he picked out the bottom corner with a nice free kick just outside the 18-yard box. So not a whole lot of room to work with per se to try and get the ball up and over the wall. Instead, he goes to the side, picks the side of the goal that the keeper would probably be less expecting for the ball to travel. And nevertheless, he found the back of the net. It's one all at that stage. And, you know, I, I think we knew that it was going to take a moment of brilliance or a really quality piece of individual brilliance for either side to take the advantage in this game in order to get the win. And that's what uh, Canberra Croatia did, the home side, four minutes after the restart, Matt. Ahmed Shaibu scored his second goal of the match with a fantastic header at the back post to make it 2-1. It was a great cross that came in from the left-hand side of the field. And he sort of just leapt so, so high. And he was able to head the ball into the goal, make it 2-1, a quality goal, a quality finish as well, may I add. But... Minot Smith, Matt, he he almost had his own double in this match. You know, when, when he uh, cut inside, he was inside the box and sort of just got that right foot curl at nearly, you know, perfectly. But it sort of just clipped the top of the crossbar and went out. So that was their opportunity to get themselves level in the sec for the second time of the game, but it didn't 
happened on that occasion. So very unlucky for Minot Smith, who has been a very good signing, obviously, for the Monaro Panthers. And we know just how talented he is in this MPL competition. For the result, uh, Canberra Croatia are now tied on points with Monaro in fifth, but have the edge on goal difference, Matt. So they both remain five points off the top four. But for Canberra Croatia, it's a big result for them. And they're sort of starting to grip back a little bit of momentum after, you know, some indifferent results over the past few games and longer. So in more recent memory, they've started to put it together a little bit better. And this is the sort of outfit that we're accustomed to seeing being a very good side, especially at home and getting the victory, which they were able to do against a very good Monaro Panthers outfit. Matt, who's our next match? Because... Even though the shares were spoiled, it was an absolute uh, cracker between these two. It certainly was in this one. Don't forget, just before this one, it was a top-of-the-table clash. Both were tied first with, I believe, Tigers had the edge on goal difference before this one. And as we're about to mention soon, there's a team that is joining them at the top due to this draw. It was 2-2 Tigers between Canberra Olympic. Tigers opened the scoring 11 minutes remaining in the first stanza as a free kick was launched into the box and found Militinovic at the far post, which he headed home. Two minutes later, before the break, Tigers doubled their scoreline and momentum as Nikos Kalfas dinked a nice ball over the top of the Olympic defence, which Nick Taneski ran on to press forward for the goal and place it, of course, past the keeper at the left post. Olympic needed a strong start to the second half and they got just that. It was a free kick. That, hu- that allowed them to half the deficit. It was Alan James who struck an absolute beauty uh, right into the top corner. 18 minutes later, Olympic went level as Thomas James uh, from the left side of the field struck what probably could be considered a scross. Regardless, though, um, not only do you take it, it was brilliantly struck by uh, Thomas James. Overall, it ended um, all things squared. Tigers had the better of the uh, of the first half. Olympic had the better of the second. Both teams will probably feel they should have got more out of the match. Um, this is the third game in a row where both sides have not registered a win in the league, I believe. Both have had uh, two draws and one loss. Uh, considering the scoreline, though, Olympic were, fa- uh, were facing a halftime. They probably would be the happier of the two results, um, of the final result, um, assuming here. Tigers would be upset, of course, to drop those two points since they were leading in this one. Uh, Not just does that mean they're dropping two points, but they also miss, obviously, that chance to go sole top uh, as they are now tied first with Olympic and O'Connor. But they do have the edge on goal difference. So essentially, as it stands, like Michael will, I'm sure, mention in the O'Connor match, um, Tigers are now plus 14 goal difference, O'Connor a plus 13 goal difference, and Olympic a plus 12 goal difference, all tied at the top of the table with 23 points. Michael, what an absolutely stunning race we've got. And uh, I just mentioned the other team that are going to be joining them. They've got a huge win on Sunday. Yeah, they did, Matt. It was uh, O'Connor Knights who pulled off a victory away from home against Gungahlin United, 4-2 for them in this game. For Gungahlin, Paisler and Green on the score sheet. For the O'Connor Knights, it was Adams, Ihegi with a double and Livermore. 
So Paisley gave Gunners the advantage after 24 minutes following some nice build-up play that saw him at the back post to put the ball into an empty net. So the rest of the first half was fairly competitive as the scoreline stayed at 1-0 after the first half, but the narrative would certainly change in the second 45 minutes, Matt. So the goal fest in the second period kicked off with O'Connor being awarded a penalty, which was uh, ultimately converted and scored by Michael Adams. The Knights then took the lead for the first time in the encounter after Ihegi did brilliantly well to get his header over numerous defenders with around 30 minutes left to play to make it 2-1 for O'Connor. Gunners wouldn't let that six-minute spell harm them, though, Matt, and certainly not for long. So Max Green uh, got on the scoreboard yet again for his side after capitalising on a loose ball to make it 2-2. But O'Connor would fight back yet again and take the lead with under 10 minutes to go in the 82nd minute, uh, thanks to Livermore after he found himself on the end of a ball that was initially saved pretty well uh, by the goalkeeper, but his first-time shot was expertly put away. There was nothing the keeper could have done on that occasion. And then that was followed by Ihegi getting his second goal of the match and secure all three points in stoppage time. Uh, You know, he was played through on goal and did brilliantly well to find the bottom corner of the net. So he's having a great season uh, for the Knights, as we've discussed, Matt. He's in some great form and just that team in general is playing very, very well. So they just have to keep up that momentum, obviously. And it'll be interesting to see because obviously they did exceptionally well to finish in the top four in their first season in the NPL last year. And they're obviously looking to make that next step this season. And they've done very, very well so far. And hence why they're up towards the top of the standings of the NPL uh, competition. But for Gungahlin United, they can't hang their heads on this result too much. We know that they're still a quality side with great players. Uh, Just on this occasion, it obviously didn't go their way, but they're still right in the top four mix as well being positioned inside there. So still a very positive outlook for them. And what a great game of football that was. Matt, before you get into the round 12 uh, fixtures, we had one match uh, not go ahead. Yeah, we did Tyree United against West Canberra. Wanderers was postponed. I believe the, uh, the field was washed out. That's what it said on the little banner on Bar TV anyway. So that will be replayed at a later date. And now our round 12 fixtures, some other huge matches here. First up, we've got a primetime Friday match, Michael. Tigers against Tuggerong United, Friday, June 30th, 7pm at AIS Grassfield 2. Then we have O'Connor Knights against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, July 1st, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have Canberra Croatia against Gungarling United, Sunday, July 2nd, 3pm at Deakin Stadium. And then Monaro Panthers against Canberra Olympic, Sunday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at Riverside. Well, that's what it says on Dribble anyway, but that's a bit interesting. A home match for Monaro, not on a Saturday night. Uh, We'll see if that uh, continues moving forward. Moving on to our MPLW section of the show, where we welcome back Jeremy McGowan, our MPLW expert. Jeremy, great to have you back on the show uh how have you been and what did you make of the of all the action in the uh mplw over this past weekend 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Great, great to be back on uh, on the show. Of course, uh, not missing any episode, even when I'm not uh, in there. So you guys still uh, keep keep doing a good job and and keep killing it. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic year in uh, WNPL. I think we're seeing at the uh, the top of the table that everything is pretty tight, and while well, the teams at the bottom they're creating issues to anybody else almost every weekend. So it's uh, it's been very uh, it's been very entertaining, and this weekend was was no exception. Certainly was no exception. We'll get into the first game of MPLW action from this past weekend. A big win for Canberra Olympic, 5-0 over the Canberra United Academy. It was Whithall, the star of the show, with four goals and Atolu with a goal as well for the hosts. So a big statement victory for Olympic against CUA. And this is against the CUA side that's doing pretty well this season as well. So it's a very good win for Canberra Olympic on this occasion. And obviously a standout performance from Whithall taking all the headlines in this game as she uh, got the scoring started after a great ball in behind the CUA defence, which was comfortably finished to make it 1-0. Atolu then made it 2-0 five minutes later in the 18th minute. So I think that went to show just how positive Canberra Olympic were to begin this match. And they obviously had that very good start uh, to the game rewarded with two goals inside the first 20 minutes. They then made it 3-0 uh, after 25 minutes when Whithall grabbed her second through a well-controlled volley inside the area. So that was a very, very nice goal. And she completed her hat-trick in the 38th minute uh, when she was put through on goal and did a very good job of sort of picking her head up and putting the ball at the near post. So the... The goal scoring sort of slowed down more um, in the second half of, of this game. You know, the only goal uh, sort of came through Whithall scoring a fourth goal from a great uh, play that resulted in a cross being picked out for her along the deck, which uh, she then managed to put past the keeper with a nice one-touch finish. So it sort of just capped off a, not only a fine individual performance from her, but for Canberra Olympic in general, winning 5-0 and really, you know, continuing doing what they're doing this season, which is playing very good football. It'll obviously be a little bit discouraging for CUA uh, having endured a big defeat uh, like this, but they've got to stay positive. They've, like I mentioned at the top, they're having a pretty good season, so they just have to keep going and not let this result affect them too much. Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this result, it's obviously easy to look at how well Olympic did, in particular Whithall with four goals. But what were your overall thoughts about the game and what the what the result ended up being as well? Yeah, I think it was a a pretty solid statement from from Canberra Olympic. I mean, we know how good their defense is. They've only conceded five times in eleven games, uh, which is impressive. Uh, but offensively, they they just hadn't convinced us yet this season. They hadn't shown you know how they could be just lethal and reckless and that's that's what they were against the CUA every time the academy was making even half a mistake uh, Olympic was there to to punish them and and Maddie Whittle who's been great everywhere on the park since the beginning of the season we hadn't seen I guess enough of her in uh in the last um you know in the finishing uh, at the end product sorry I should say uh, and and we know that she is a, a very skilled and a very prolific goal scorer so it was surprising that she hadn't expressed herself yet for Olympic. Well, she corrected that uh, over the weekend and she showed 
you know the range of her talent she she's just smart she just reads the the game well and it's credit to her experience and her instincts but that first goal i don't know if the ball is is destined to be hers but as soon as she sees that long ball from ali cook she just runs through it and then she's always at the right time at the right place and you know several times she's made she's made you know um plays for olympics she got penalties and and she you know really provoked and creating in the final third uh, but now she's finally getting that end product and she's finally putting her name on the score sheet so i think i think it's going to boost her confidence and it's going to i think be a bit of a relief for the rest of the team as well like leave gurney was the most dangerous uh, up front for olympic since the beginning of the season uh, so it just adds to the to the threats that olympic have uh, up front of course that that free kick from from Itolu, it's a bit yeah, it's a bit um it's a bit Sad, I guess, for Eliza Evans, the the academy keeper, she wasn't able to uh, to parry it away. But we we see that unfortunately often in our competition, it's about the keepers, you know, learning uh, the hard way sometimes uh, how to how to keep them out. For the academy, I think, like you mentioned, they have they're having a great season. I mean, they're just on the back of a of a solid win against Ganga United last week, and unfortunately, um, you know, they get picked apart in in 25 minutes like that by by an Olympic team who's who's very experienced. So it's it's that learning curve. They are still fifth on the table. They are still only four points behind Gangalen. So it's that learning curve for for Malibur and for his players. And they play better um, every week. Um, they just have to you know learn to not leave not even an inch of space to players like uh, Maggi Whittle. And uh, well, there are a few players of that caliber in our competition. Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. Um, you're always so good with your with your breakdown uh, of these matches. Uh, that's for sure, Matt. Do you want to get into our next uh, result? A big win for a particular uh, side in this one. Yeah, big win for ANUW two one over West Canberra Wanderers. It was the Wanderers though that began the encounter brightly as they opened the scoring sixteen minutes into this one. A clearance. Um, after a corner fell to Josephine uh, Dubert, who cracked a great lob shot, uh, which hit the crossbar. And Kate Kate Walker was the one that was able to follow up and place the rebound in the back of the net. ANU were out of the blocks, raring to go in the second half as one minute um, into it. Sheridan McKelligan, I believe it was, uh, nicely placed a free kick across goal for Fordyce Croker to pounce on the delivery and tap it in. ANUW, uh, with the momentum at this point, took the lead eight minutes later as Sofia Chevera stepped up with from the penalty spot and converted her chance to make it 2-1 and ultimately hand her side their second victory of the season. Tough loss for Wanderers, though, considering all the hard work they've put in to take that lead and go into the um, first half 1-0 up. Uh, regardless, though, um, it is um, a good bounce back uh, after last week's match against Belconnen United. Great comeback, though, from ANUW. This victory extends their lead over their opponents today by five points. Overall, they have nine points for the season so far. Uh, thoughts, uh, Jeremy, on this one? Obviously, uh, disappointing for the Wanderers to um, concede the lead, but ANUW uh, have just shown us so much this season uh in in the MPLW. Yeah, exactly. And and what they're showing week in week out is that physicality that they bring to to the pitch. I mean, when they played against West Canberra the, the first time around, he was one one and ANU has scored first and then West Canberra had equalized on a on a penalty by Lauren Hall. And that game was 
you know, to say the least, feisty uh, with, with quite a few uh, contacts and, and quite a few sort of late shoves, etc. All this weekend was about the same. Uh, you could tell that it's two teams that, you know, regardless of where they are on the table, they want to fight for for result. And West Canberra had a little bit to try and forget about with that uh, with that pretty bad defeat last week against the Blue Devils. And they've really shown a good side. You could see how much it meant for them when Kate Walker scored. And, and they've been... They've truly been unlucky this season. So many times they've hit the crossbar and last second saved and they just sort of like missed the last pass, missed the last shot. They have the opportunity. They just have to bury them. And so that goal meant a lot. Unfortunately for them, you know, you can't you can't afford to to concede 30 seconds into the, the second half. And, you know, it's a free kick that probably should have, could have been defended a little bit better. There's no protection on Sam Briggs. And then uh, Fordyce Crocker is, is too smart to be, to be left running uh, on her own in the middle of the box there. Uh, so the ANU is is a very good team, and and West Canberra can be uh, better than what the the record shows the, the last couple of weeks. Uh, but then when the ANU starts attacking, they're also really hard to stop because it's always committing five six players up front, regardless of who the opponent is. So we've seen Fordyce Crocker getting that penalty, and, and then you know Sofia Chavera was inches away from scoring a second goal. She she did dribble the keeper, and then the the the, the goal was sort of like saved on the line uh, by one of the Nikia sisters. So. It's um you know the NU is a team that I think is slowly building up and and we always saying it that they play well together and they're showing it week in week out. Um, we've often seen them scoring first and then um getting overtaken and losing the ball the game eventually. Well, this time they finally win it when they come from behind. So it's probably going to be uh, good for Robinning Worth to be able to tell his players that they can do that. Uh, for for the Wanderers, I'm sure Ray Castro is, I guess, somehow happier that the game. Uh, didn't end up in in the thrashing that he had last week, but can't be happy with the fact that they were leading and, and they were not able to to keep it because um it, it's you know not so often that the Wanderers lead and uh, not being able to keep it will be I guess the next thing to uh, to work on. Michael, what is next up? The team that's in second place um, ended up with a close scoreline. Yeah, they did, and it was probably a scoreline that I don't think a lot of people would necessarily have been expecting, but nevertheless. Belconnen United 2, Tuggeron United 1, Ruth Muller with a goal, 10 with a goal as well for the hosts. And for Tuggeron United, it was Herman on the score sheet. So we were treated to a very good game between these two sides. And like I sort of said, it may have not been what most people were expecting heading into this clash. But it was tightly contested in the first 45 minutes. It didn't present sort of an overwhelming amount of chances for either side in the game. So no one had really sort of dominated it too much to a certain extent, but that was until the deadlock eventually got broken five minutes after the restart when Ruth Miller twisted and turned inside the box to score a nice left-footed shot into the corner of the goal. But Tuggeron, like I said, they played very well and they got themselves level six minutes later, thanks to the composure of Herman to beat a few lunging challenges before scoring past the keeper but then it was, you know, Belconnen again who would pick themselves up and get the lead back again four minutes later in the 60th minute, thanks to Tien being at the right place at the right time to score a good follow-up effort. So you've got three goals there that were scored in the period of 10 second half minutes. But, you know, outside of that spell of the game, it was a very, very tight and very closely contested game. So I think... Obviously, from Tuggeron United's 
standpoint, even though things aren't looking great for them on the ladder, this is a performance, especially away from home, that they can be very, very proud of. And I think Paulo Romero will feel the same way. Uh, Jeremy, what were your thoughts on this contest? Like I said at the top, and it's no disrespect at all, but I think the result would have surprised a lot of people based on uh, the scoreline. Uh, not necessarily Bokona United winning this game. Uh, they end up getting the three points, but it was a great effort from Tuggeranong United in this one. Yeah, you, you know you know very well what happens in, in locker rooms, Michael. You know, you've just won a game 10-0. You're playing against the, the bottom of the table team. And, you know, sometimes you might think the game is won before you even start playing it. Uh, you know, take take into account the fact that Balkonen was playing without their captain, Talia Bakaos, that 10 minutes in, even less than that, their, their captain on the day, Sofia Dumos, uh, was replaced on an injury and they're already missing Kira Bobin and Steffi Legion. So you had a, a younger team, an even younger team than usual um, with the Blue Devils outfit. It was Sammy M's first game uh, in goals as well. So it was, a, I guess it was a team that's not... Um, what you're used to, it was still the usual firepower. You know, you had Easy in March, you had Pelton, you had Bessieris Muller and Raleigh Ewing up front and Hadi Cram. But but it was just a little bit younger than what maybe the, the Blue Devils usually um, line up with. Uh, and, and then you have a, a team in front of Gonong United who, who just can't be discounted. You know, um, week in, week out, they just fight hard. They're, they're so quick in, in counter-attack and they've shown that in the first half be, being, you know, dangerous in a, in a couple of occasions. Uh, and they're also good at actually taking the opportunities when they have them, whether it's uh, Sarah Matthews or um, or Abby Herman or, or Rainy Niles, th- those three girls up front, they're capable of scoring. And uh, Paige Gregson, who, uh, who, you know, sometimes that doesn't doesn't look like she's uh, Charlie Gregson, so I keep calling her Paige, that's her sister, um, who, who sometimes looks like she's a little bit nonchalant. She always picks the perfect passes uh, as, as that um, equalizer showed it. So there is talent in that team and, and they can't be you know, taken, I guess, too too easily. And that's maybe what the, the Belkonen team did at the beginning of this game. Mind you, you know, they scored when it mattered. And then as soon as Turgonon poked them, well, they were quick to answer. I mean, for, for anybody who's uh, who's seen the goal, uh, that run from Pearl Teen from the, the middle of the park, it's it's a run to show in every single football school. As soon as she sees um, the run of Ali Kram onto the, the left side, she's, she's like 20 meters behind the winger and she starts accelerating and changing direction and losing her defender before the cross is even done. That's that just shows the smarts of the uh, of the Blue Devils um playmaker. And then you know when you do things the right way, you might be a bit lucky and that's what happened. Wigan uh, couldn't really save the ball and then she was there to to pick it. So Belcon United is I guess um lucky or I guess they work well and so they have a lot of talent in their squad. So even if they have a, a performance that's a little bit less Good than what we used to. They come up with the three points. Um, and we say that every time there's a, a short win from one of the teams at the top of the table, those wins matter at the end of the year when we're going to count the points. Um, we don't care how they won. What matters is that they get the three points. And that's exactly what the, the Blue Devils were able to do uh, this weekend against Tuggeranong. That's right, Jeremy. Uh, Matt, do you want to get into our last match of MPLW this past weekend? Another good game of football and an important result for the away team to keep pressure up the top. It certainly was. Jeremy and I covered this one at the GEO. It was Canberra Croatia that opened the scoring 18 minutes into the contest as Jamie Berkeley whipped in across uh, when Tatum Matzah sort of took a touch and Bella Baric immediately struck 
the ball into the back of the net um, after the ball took a bounce. Canberra Croatia took the momentum heading into that half time, however. And, and however, Gungahlin did have a few chances of their own in the first half. Uh, the second stanza of this one marked the return of, uh, of course, Canberra United striker Michelle Heyman for Gunners. The experienced forward immediately made an impact with her first touch of the ball as she dragged the ball out wide, um, dragged it across Lincoln, uh, sort of for a shot, but forced Croatia to sort of clear that dangerous opportunity. Gungal had a few more chances throughout this one. However, it was Canberra Croatia who had the majority of of the chances, and I think I said on commentary it was a. They finished out the game quite professionally in this one as they tried to keep the pressure on, tried to stave um, Heyman off a service and just play their regular game. Croatia doubled their lead in the 66th minute as a corner was headed out of the box by Heyman and Barrach picked up the ball, struck it low, uh, forcing Emily Kelly to make a save. However, Matsis was in the right place at the right time to tap the rebound in the back of the net. This loss is Gungahlin's second in a row, and it means that Croatia break away from them in third place by three points. Canberra Croatia's victory also means that they keep pace with second place Belconnen uh, by two points and Olympic by three points. Jeremy, we're, we're of course there calling this one. What were your big takeaways from this match uh, besides uh, Sam Gray's um, music of choice as he texted us during the game? <laughs> As I didn't we mentioned. I, I didn't dare to say it live on the commentary, but Sam Gray wanted to play uh, Plastic Bertrand Saplan pour moi dur- during halftime. So I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind for Justin next time. A little bit of a French. Uh, I don't even know what kind of music it is. Like take take house from the nineties or disco or, or whatever, whatever it was back then. But I remember that for for Sam. Now next time I'll see him. I'll make sure that that music plays into the the background. Uh, look, you know, I think I think when we called it. Um, we 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 saw what was happening. It was two teams that, well, first of all, didn't want to lose the game, uh, and and were defending really well. Uh, and they both tried to use different tactics. It was using the width. It was jumping the midfield. It was trying to go, um, trying to break the the opponent through the middle. And and not a lot of them worked. And and then you you know it just takes a, a bit of a moment of genius that cross from Palombi, that beautiful pass from Mazi, and then Barach is able to uh, finish up front. I think. You know, we said before the game that we were seeing probably the two best goalkeepers in the competition facing each other. Uh, and, and we've seen who made the save that mattered um, yesterday. You know, I think uh, Emily Kelly is great and she did do a couple of saves. Uh, Chloe Lincoln just made more saves. Uh, she she stopped that shot from um, Jade Brown and a minute later, Barrett scored. And then she is able to be in the way of that chance uh, from Ginger Oliver. And a few minutes later, Canberra Croatia scores again. So the momentum that you get when your goalkeeper made makes a save that is basically equal to a goal, um, you know, is is something that can't be understated. And Canberra Croatia was already a very strong team. Uh, and now they're getting Tatum Mazi into the run of things, uh, as well as Charlie Mitchell and Brittany Palombi. All of them at eight and seven goals now. Uh, and now they're getting, you know, one of the best goalkeepers in the competition, somebody who is um, Liberty A-League uh, women experience uh, between the posts. What, what else, you know, what else do you want when you're Zoran Glavnich? Everything looks uh, everything looks nice and, and ready and set up for uh, for the finals and for a great end of season. I, I think, you know, the Gunners obviously have a lot of talent. And when you add Michel Heyman, you just had a, a bit more uh, talent in there and, and not the least. 
Uh, they'll, they'll be able to bounce back. It's two losses in a row uh, for Gangarin. I'm sure Andrew Woodman is not too happy about that, but they had surprised us uh, with uh, with ninth straight game without a defeat just before that. So they just have to um, slowly get back on the horse and uh, and get the points when it matters. And all, all they need to be basically is in the top four by the end of the season, because then it only takes you know two, three games uh, to to go and challenge for uh, for a championship. And I'm sure that's where they want to be. And that's where they can be if they play the game that that we know they can play. It was one of those games where, uh, yeah, I think it was about the details and the details was uh, the right pass at the right time, the right finish, maybe uh, maybe an offside call that was very, very tight for the, the second goal of, of Croatia. I tried to uh, I tried to be the VAR at home by uh, by pausing playing, but I uh, couldn't quite see uh, on the angle where the defender was. So we'll trust, uh, we'll trust our friend Yomi, who was the assistant referee yesterday, that she wasn't offside. But yeah, it was, there was a few... Uh, a few calls. I think Nick Van Hals wasn't too happy about that that call eventually. But Canberra Croatia wins. The the top four remains unchanged. But uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about that top four in the weeks to come. Oh, we certainly will. And that's it for the games this week. Michael, what are our round twelve games for MPLW? Kick things off with West Canberra Wanderers up against Canberra Olympic Sunday, July second, twelve forty five p.m. We then have ANUWFC up against Canberra Croatia Sunday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. We then have Canberra United Academy up against Belconnen United. That should be an absolute cracker. Sunday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. And lastly, we've got Tuggeranong United up against Gungahlin United Sunday, July 2nd, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. So some Really good games to look forward to in the MPL W space. But Jeremy, thank you once again for coming back on the show and breaking it all down with us. Uh, What are your sort of quick thoughts on the week ahead with some of the fixtures that we've got happening in MPL W this coming weekend before we let you go? Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be cracking games, like you said. Uh, you know, and a couple of times in uh, in my uh, write-ups, I talk about the bottom four and the top four facing each other and how hierarchy should be respected. Well, we are seeing a few times now that there's no such respect for hierarchy anymore in our competition. Uh, so I'll be at ANU South Oval to call uh, ANU um, Women's FC against Canberra Croatia because uh, I've seen the ANU play so many times that I want to see the physical battle against Croatia uh, live from there on pitch. Uh, but but yeah, I think there's uh, there's not going to be a lot of games that are not going to be worth seeing on Sunday. Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, once again, thank you very much uh, for joining us here today. And we'll see you hopefully not too long in the uh, distant future. We'll ho- hope to have you back on again soon. Thanks for having me. A- anytime. My pleasure. Always good having Jeremy on the show. Now it's time for our CPL segment where there were a lot of interesting results. I'll kick it off with Queanbeyan City against Canberra White Eagles. The Balkan Derby seemed to be a pretty close encounter from all reports. Only one goal separated the two rivals, um, which might I add was an absolute stunner. If you haven't seen it, Michael, go check it out on Queebian's, um, I believe it's on their Instagram page at the moment, maybe on their Facebook page. Definitely saw it on their Instagram. Nahul Guerrero intercepted the ball and hit a cracking shot just on halfway and it dipped 
all the way from halfway under the crossbar. What a fantastic goal. Like I said, go check it out. What a way for Guerrero to start his uh, Queanbeyan City stint in his first game there. Uh, for the White Eagles, though, unfortunately for them, it was a crucial loss as they now drop to last place due to Juventus's draw. Uh, they only trail Juventus by one point. Um, however, they are now six points as well off Brindy's in sixth in sixth place. Uh, so not too much for them to make up, but they are in last place at the moment. Huge win for Queenbian, on the other hand, as they try to keep pace with Wagga and Ugali. They now now trail Wagga by just one point. However, Ugali, they trail by seven. So as we've mentioned for the last few weeks now, Ugali on a roll, but Queenbian doing all they can at the moment and keeping pace, which is what they need to do at the moment. All right, Michael, who do we have next up? It was a, uh, a draw in this encounter, but what could prove to be a crucial result for Wagga as they go to face uh, their Riverina rivals, uh, their Riverina rivals next week, and I always say the Rhinos. <laughs> always, but nevertheless, Matt, uh, it was a draw in this game between the Brindabella Blues and Wagga City Wanderers, one-one. On this occasion, Munoz on the score sheet for the Blues and Cadzola for Wagga City Wanderers. So the first half was where all the uh, was where all the points of action took place. And um, Wagga opened the scoring, Matt, in the 35th minute of the first half, uh, thanks to a penalty kick that was converted by Cadzola. So he, he stepped up, he converted, and that's his 11th goal in the process. So it goes to show you how well he's doing this season, and he leads the goal-scoring charts by two goals. So... He'll definitely be keen to capture that CPL golden boot. The Brindies were not going to go into the sheds uh, down, though, and without gaining a little bit of momentum. So they scored a late equaliser two minutes into stoppage time. Daniel Muzos was the man to score for the home side. And the second half remained goalless with Brindabella ending the match with a man down as Isaac Weekly uh, was sent off. Both teams had to settle for the draw, leaving both of them with a missed opportunity to either gain some ground or lose uh, lose some ground. So the, the draw for Brindabella on this occasion means uh, they remain in sixth place, one point behind Belco and four behind ANU, whereas Walker lost two points of ground in the, uh, you know, behind league leaders, Yulgali, who lead them by six points. So both sides... Uh, to play each other this week in the Riverina derby, like you mentioned, Matt, that's going to have some huge implications on how the table is going to shape up near the top of the competition ladder. Matt, who do we have next up? Because we we, we were just talking about one Riverina-based side and the other got a very big victory away from home against a familiar outfit that a lot of people in Canberra know about. Yeah, Ugali with another victory. They open uh, this time against Belconnor United 2-1. They open the scoring 17 minutes into the match via Darren Bailey. Uh, the player coach scoring against his old side, of course, at his old stomping ground in McKellar Park. This is Bailey's ninth goal of the campaign. Belconnor's new signing, Liam Ray, leveled, with, uh, leveled his side back into the contest seven minutes into the second stanza. 
The momentum continued with Belconnen as shortly after Isaac Donadell picked up two yellow cards with seven within seven minutes of each other. Despite the numerical disadvantage, Ugali kept fighting and earned themselves a, the lead again through Ruben Donadell to ultimately win the contest. Belconnen United would be disappointed to concede the draw uh, while having that numerical advantage. They remain, they remain outside of the top four in fifth place by three points. Ugali extended their unbeaten run to nine games. They were made to work for the victory in the end, but uh, showing that great determination to fight back um, with the numerical disadvantage to get that goal to put them in the lead and ultimately win them the match away from home. Uh, though Similar to what Jeremy was saying the MPLW before, those are the sorts of victories that really matter once the end of the season comes. Uh, the Griffith Bay side now extend their lead at the top of the table uh, to six points over second place Wagga, as you mentioned before, Michael, who they play this weekend. So Ugali continue on an absolute roll, nine matches unbeaten now in the CPL. All right, who do we have last up, Michael? Uh, it's Cambry Ventus with a big point. Yeah, a huge point for them, Matt. Away at ANU, 1-1 in this game. It was Spears for the home side and Jogovac for Canberra-Juventus. So there was nothing to separate the two sides heading into the second half as the first half ended up goalless and the university side was the first team to break the deadlock seven minutes into the second stanza as Rory Spears struck home for his team. This is his seventh goal of the CPL campaign. So he's continuing his fine form. But Canberra Juventus, we're not going to go away without a fight, Matt, as we've seen on multiple occasions so far already this campaign in CPL. And they struck back, scoring um, six minutes later after Spears got the first goal of the game. Uh, it was a great goal by Jogovac, um, and it was a crucial goal for his team in context of where they're at at their season. But the draw... For ANU means they dropped to fourth place. They trail Queen Bid by one point. They also lead fifth place, Belcon by three. So this is ANU's fifth draw of the campaign already, which is the most in the competition, Matt. And Jogovac's goal was crucial as it lifted them off the bottom of the table for Gungal and Juventus above White Eagles. So they lead Eagles by one point with an overall of eight points so far. So well done to Juve for their performance in this match. Not an easy task by any means to go to ANU and get a result, and it ultimately gets them off the foot of the table. So a positive result for them. Matt, before we sign off for episode 84, what are our CPL round 12 fixtures? All right, our CPL round 12 fixtures straight from Dribble. Big one to start things off. Queanbeyan City against Belconnen United, Saturday, July 1st, 2 p.m. at High Street. Next up is Canberra White Eagles against ANU, Saturday, July 1st, 3 p.m. from Woden Park, enclosed. Then we've got Canberra Juventus against Brindabella Blues, Saturday, July 1st, 3 p.m. at Ainsley Field 2. And then Ugali SC against Wagga City Wanderers, the River in a Derby. And, and the top of the table clash, first v second, Sunday, July 2nd, 1.30pm at Solomad Stadium in Griffith. So there's some huge 
matches, which could have some implications as well on the table, as we mentioned last week. But that middle of the season uh, is obviously approaching us as we've just passed halfway and crunch time is closing in on the whole of every competition. All right. That is us for episode 84. Michael, any last thoughts before we leave? No, some really good games uh, being played this weekend, Matt. You know, we touched on it just then in the CPL round 12 fixtures with Ugali up against Wagga City Wanderers in the Riverina derby. That's going to be an absolutely fantastic game. You know, even though you, you got uh, Canberra White Eagles against ANU, which is historically always a good game as well, Queenbian and Bell Conan uh, will be a great match as well. And you know, for MPLW, you've got, you know, ANUW up against Canberra Crucial, which will be a great game. You've got CUA back at home against Belcon and United. And then from an MPL standpoint, you know, Monaro and Olympic, Canberra Croatia and Gongalan, some fantastic games there. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing, you know, if we're going to have any more sort of shocking results and, what it means for the table because it's coming to that point of the season now where it's going to crunch time. So there's going to be a lot of movement across all the other uh, competitions, but always keen to sort of get into it and break it down on next time on the show on episode 85. We certainly will. And that is next week. Thank you so much, everybody for joining us as always. That was episode 84 of the Canberra football show. As always, enjoy your weekend and most importantly, enjoy the football.